got her. We got her Yong Gang, guys. Give me, um, give me a hashtag Yong Gang in the chat. <laughs> do they actually do that? Sometimes. I often, I often make it a little late. Like I get to the Bible podcast usually a little bit late. It's not on purpose. It's just I'm usually working not or late. whatever. Oh. What do you mean? Tuesday morning, I'm working. Oh, okay. I start working hours before this comes on on Tuesday mornings. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, are you guys ready to learn about what the Bible is going to teach us today? Jeez, it, it's hitting her hard. Sorry, I know. She's got a good excuse today, though. She she had a nap right before this. <laughs> isn't that an excuse? Isn't that a reason not to be yawning? I mean, you just woke up. I know after I wake up, I yawn in the morning. So yeah. So, all right. Anyways, uh, last time, Brocephus uh, covered who is going to be restored, and it's definitely not the whores. Uh, Isaiah talks about how darkness uh, has a thickness like no other, but you gonna pop a boner when you see God's glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, riches of the nation will rain on them like they are the best stripper at the club. Foreigners are going to build that border wall. <laughs> God is going to show them compassion. And all nations will serve Israel, cocktails and caviar. Wait, did we just have Mexico's going to build the wall in the Bible? Yep. Unreal. (laughs) Uh, Israel is going to suck some titties next. Oh, God. After all of the titty sucking, caviar and shrimp, they're going to know that God is their savior. Furthermore, Isaiah has been sent to exercise prisoners and tell them that they are not going to get fucked by God. Good shit is coming. Israel's way for show. God says that he loves Batman and hates the Joker and will make an everlasting pinky swear with Israel. He's taking a side on this whole Batman Joker deal. He doesn't like the bad guy. Yeah. No. Uh, Isaiah says you got to praise God and grow some weird ass crops or you'll not be God's bridegroom on judgment day. Other nations will stop talking shit though. It's all because of God, by the way, God's going to marry the other nations and put his dick inside them. That's what happens. God is going to dance naked on your wedding day too. Like your wedding day with God, because apparently that's going to happen in order for you to get in heaven or something. Also, during this naked dance, God's going to make sure he posts the lookouts because he doesn't want to get caught. Also, be sure to note that God has the stamina of a bull with three pounds of Viagra in his ass. Uh, God is still going to fuck all you motherfuckers up, though. All the all the dumbass motherfuckers that doesn't like bend down go and go face face down ass up for him. Yeah. Then God is gonna bitch about blood stains on his good bedazzled jeans. And don't worry though, God is going to be good to all the righteous people. But don't worry because if you fuck with God, He is definitely gonna fuck you up. Isaiah then lays a heavy guilt trip on them. Then, for some reason, Isaiah asks God a bunch of uncomfortable questions and then finally uh, demands or asks God to come down and work some miracles. The end of today's Bible study. All right. I mean, you're not, I mean, 
I was right about at least the Israelites sucking on some titties. We didn't really have to bring that up again. <laughs> I mean, it's there. It's there. So I'm not wrong. And say we're wrong. Just saying we didn't really have to talk about it again. Okay. In that particular phraseology. <laughs> Look, just because they didn't say titties doesn't mean that they weren't talking about it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> What's up, heathens? How How y'all doing? So today we're going to be going over more of the Bible, which I'm back, by the way. Thank you. My business trip went well. Yes, welcome back. Yeah. It's nice to have you back, Brocephus is... He's only manageable in small doses, I think. Yeah, but you left him here with me. Yeah. We had... Brocephus and I have fun. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Not too much fun, right? No. (laughs) And I think that the, you know, the people watching liked him all right. Yeah. I mean, he's entertaining, if nothing else. Yep, I'm sure. Yeah. Are you ready to keep going in the Bible? Yes. So let's start off with the wherever the fuck we start today. Well, so we're going over Isaiah chapter sixty through sixty four. Yep. Okay, and last time we left off, and um, God was talking about how. Um, obviously they have to, um, obviously they have to remember to keep holy the Sabbath, right? And confess their sins. And if they confess their sins, they will have salvation, right? Right. And God promises them his spirit, right? Oh, his spirit, huh? Yeah, his spirit. So that's where we left off last time. I know you kind of missed it, but I feel like you probably listened to it anyway, yeah? Oh, yes, I definitely did. Okay, so you're caught up. All right, mm-hmm. so this time we're going to start off with the glory of Zion. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah. And all from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. All cedars flocks will be gathered to you. And the rams of Nebaioth, 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 Nebe, I wish I would have looked this word up. You want to try? You try. Nebeoth. 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 Maybe it's one of those words that you got to sing, you know? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those words you have to sing. That was way better. 
<laughs> you did you did what I was doing in the very beginning. You had the I on the other side of the O. And yeah. so, yeah, I was having a hard time saying it. Anyway, the Rams of whatever the fuck place that is will serve you. They will be accepted as offerings on my altar and I will adorn my glorious temple. Who are these that fly along like clouds, like doves to their nest? Surely the islands look to me. In the lead are the ships of Tarshish. Bring your children from afar with their silver and gold to the honor of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. <laughs> endowed. <laughs> with splendor. God, yes, he's bedazzled, he's bedazzled their dicks. Like Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if, if God if God sprayed Miracle Grow on any particular dick, it had to be that one, right? <laughs> Do you see that one where his dick fell from the sky and it created a crater in the ground? <laughs> Jesus the Christ. Memes, the memes that came from that <laughs> were just amazing. <laughs> anyway, uh, foreigners will be rebuild your walls. So there's Mexico building the wall. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And their kings will serve you. Nobody tell Donald Trump about that because he is probably going to think that it's ordained by the Bible that Mexico should build a wall. And that's exactly what he'll run on. Well, the thing is, is he doesn't want Mexico to build it. He just wants them to pay for it. Well, Because he by, wants Americans to do it, right? Well, I mean, by build, I meant like fund. Like American a, jobs. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Though in anger I struck you, in favor I will show you compassion. Your gates will always stand open. They will never be shut day or night so that people may bring you the wealth of the nations. Their kings led in, tri led in triumphal procession for the nation or kingdom that will not serve you will perish. It will be utterly ruined. So basically, if any other nation refuses to serve Israel, who right now is scattered about and held captive, right, everywhere, all over, um, when this day of reckoning comes and <laughs> Israel is, you know, showered with God's glory, um, if other nations don't worship him, them, then they will be ruined. That's the threat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe Hitler read these passages and took it like way too literally. You think maybe? <laughs> The glory of Lebanon will come to you, the juniper, the fir, and the cypress together to adorn my sanctuary, and I will glorify the place for my feet. The children of your oppressors will come bowing before you. All who despise you will bow down at your feet and will call you the city of the Lord, Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Can you imagine like being like, now listen, I don't care what kind of house we get. I got to make sure I have bedazzled as fuck footrest. <laughs> I mean, do you want it bedazzled as fuck footrest in our house? I mean, I don't, but God would. He'd be oh. like, all right, all right, this looks good, but where's my bedazzled footrest? <laughs> that's the important, that's the centerpiece of this entire fucking establishment. Yeah. <laughs> Although you have been forsaken and hated, no one traveling through, I will make you the everlasting pride and the joy of, of all generations. You will drink the milk of nations and be nursed at royal breasts. Sucking on them titties. <laughs> <laughs> then you will know that I, the Lord, am your savior. 
your redeemer, the mighty one of Jacob. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What movie was it that, um, oh, maybe it was Liar Liar? Anyways, it had Jim Carrey in it, and he compulsively like started sucking on the teat of, of a woman who was breastfeeding. Do you, I guess I don't remember. That. You don't remember that? No. For some reason, that's that's what popped up into my mind. That seems like it would be offensive. <laughs> Instead of bronze, I will bring you gold and silver in place of iron. See, this sounds good, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. So gold instead of iron. Gold instead of bronze. Oh, bronze. And silver instead of iron. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Instead of wood, I will bring you bronze. And iron in place of stones. Well, this is stupid. So he's just. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to juggle up your resources a little bit here. <laughs> There's not really going to be a big difference other than I want you to have these sparkly fucking metals. <laughs> so he's basically not going to bring them stone or wood, which are, you know, really good building materials. Um, he's going to still bring them bronze and iron, which he was doing before, but now those are going to be the low end because he's also bringing them silver and gold, but they can't have stone or wood anymore. Yeah. Who wants fucking stone and wood other than everybody at this point in time? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but it just seems like a weird way to say it. Instead of this, I'm going to bring you that. But then later it's like, oh, instead of this, I'm going to bring you that thing I said I wasn't going to bring you before. Okay. I will make peace your governor and well-being your ruler. No longer will violence be heard in your land, nor ruin or destruction within your borders. But you will call your walls as salvation, your gates, your pride. What? I just read something. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You seem to be pretty good at pulling Bible shit out your ass now. Sorry. Um, Okay. No longer will violence be heard in your land, nor ruin or destruction within your borders, but you will call your wall salvation and your gates praise. Oh, they're going to call. Okay. So salvation, capitalized salvation, right? Okay. The walls will be called salvation and the gates will be called praise, capital praise. Oh, okay. Not like prayer praise, like, like praise Jesus praise. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand what, like even metaphorically what this is supposed to mean. Other than, I guess, the the walls being salvation, sort of like a defense, maybe? I mean, I don't know. This just seems like horrible writing. Oh, yeah, it's really bad writing. Um, the sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again, and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of sorrow will end. Can you just imagine it? It's like you got three people walking down the road and then all of a sudden it goes dark because the sun went out and like the moon's not going to shine on them. So they're like, God damn it, Jerry, could you turn on a little bit of that God light right there? Jerry's just like, clink. <laughs> oh, God damn, you're so fucking bright. Let's just get home. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is it says the sun will no more will no more be your light by day. But then two lines later. It says, your sun will never set again. <laughs> okay. We're talking about two different suns here is what we're talking about. Oh, are we? Yeah, the, okay. sun, the, the, the suns that we're talking about are God's nutsacks. Or, well, his, his nuts in his nutsack. I mean, one's the moon, one's the sun. They both produce light. 
That's actually not how that works. What? Even on the most basic level. (laughs) (laughs) Well, neither is what you just said from from the Bible, what you just read from the Bible. Right. Anyways, continue. Please disregard my dumb ass. (laughs) You're like Bocephus. You're entertaining. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You you two share that. You have that in common. Yep. All right. Let's figure out where we were. Then, oh, your days of sorrow sorrow will end. All right. You're not going to be sad anymore. Then all your people will be righteous and they will possess the land forever. They are the shoot I have planted, the work of my hands, for the display of my splendor. The least of you will become a thousand, the smallest a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will do this swiftly. Yeah, so I've, I I hear a lot here of like the the meek shall inherit the earth, like the um, j- just all of this talk about the lowly, the lowly, you know, being the most exalted, and that's pretty much one of the. I mean that that's one of the major themes of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess it's been the new the, a theme of the entire Bible, mm-hmm. uh, including the Old Testament too. Yeah, absolutely. So, Um, So in this next part, Isaiah talks about his mission. Okay. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. This part right here is seen as a prophecy about Jesus, and I think that the connection here is that um, Jesus is supposed to mimic or embody things that previous prophets have done or were going to do or... Uh, fulfilled or something like that. And so, because uh, I, I get the feeling that Isaiah is talking about himself here. Yeah, he is. In this section, Isaiah is talking about himself, that he, the sovereign Lord has endowed him with his spirit. And he is basically not God on earth, but, but there he's bringing God's message on earth. Right. And so because because of this, they seem to cherry pick just the first two verses here um, to be about the, to be an indication of Jesus. Um, so like uh, in uh, Isaiah 61, one, uh, just that one verse, you've got the spirit of God coming upon him, <laughs> which which happens in uh, the epiphany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Messiah preaching good news, which is pretty much all of the Gospels. Um, and I guess the hallucinations of, of Paul, too, because that's where Jesus is is communicating the good news to Paul mm-hmm. in his hallucinations. Um, and then also provide freedom from the bondage of sin. And that's the primary reason Jesus even exists in, in the Gospels. Yeah, it says here, release from darkness for the prisoners. So right. and in in here it says uh, there's a footnote on the prisoners in Hebrew. Um in the Septuagint it actually says um uh freedom from darkness for the blind. Okay. I don't know what it says in King James. Uh 
to proclaim liberty to the captives and, and opening captives. openings. Yeah, it says captives here. It says prisoners in the Septuagint. It says blind. Yeah, and so basically, and then and then on verse two, it talks about a proclaiming a period of grace, uh, which is something that Jesus also does, uh, most notably, uh, apparently, in Galatians uh, four to. Uh, f- Galatians four four to five. Sorry, that took a, uh, a bit to get out. <laughs> um, but uh, because Paul says there, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So, I mean, a lot of people use Galatians four four to indicate that Jesus actually existed in history, but um, the problem with that is, is that this is part of a larger, um, like like a like a larger issue that is actually metaphorical. Mm-hmm. When they start discussing the issue earlier in Galatians, like at the end of Galatians three, they make it very clear what they're talking about. And so when they get to Galatians four, they're still talking metaphorically about Jesus being born of a woman. Mm-hmm. But and, and, sorry, that's not uh, this is not the mythicist podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that that's going to be it for Isaiah and the prophecies, though. Uh, 61 uh, is the last of the prophecies. So we're done with prophecies until we hit Jeremiah. Have we done? We haven't done Jeremiah yet, have we? No. OK, but we're we're still we've still got more left of Isaiah. Oh, yes. There's still mm-hmm. a butt ton, but but load more of Isaiah. That's just the end of the prophecies in Isaiah. Yeah, so um, we're going to keep going talking about Isaiah's uh, mission here, what his mission is on earth, how he sees it. So um, we've got, let's, okay, we're, we're starting back up with Isaiah 61, 3b. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of grace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. And then that was all Isaiah talking and telling the people and bringing them a message, like a message of hope to them, right? That it's going to be better. Um, But remember for the righteous, right? Okay. Um, And then we're back to God, right? This is This is Isaiah telling us what God says. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are the people the Lord has blessed. You see, he doesn't literally mean justice here. He doesn't (laughs) ever mean justice because the justice that God provides isn't really justice. Especially when you consider the New Testament, because all you got to do is just believe in God and you should be able to get into heaven by some interpretations. Other interpretations, you can still believe in Jesus and still go to hell. Sure. Um, so it, it it's very like it's not so clear cut about like ju- just saying justice is kind of an ambiguous term at this point for at least in the Bible, I think. Sure. I don't disagree. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then we're back to Isaiah talking. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up, and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all the nations. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet. Till her vindication shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hephzibah, which means my delight is in her, and your land Beulah, which means married. (laughs) So the people, Israel, Israel's people will be called Hephzibah, meaning God's dick is in them, (laughs) which means that God's delight, his delight is in them. You you don't think that God calls his dick delight? I don't know. You say he calls it his glory. Glory, delight. Pedro, I mean, he's got a lot of names for it, okay? (laughs) Like, my glory or my delight is in you. I mean, he, he, he sugarcoats it, basically. It's like he takes his dick out and he spreads a little bit of whipped cream on it. It's like, look, my delight. Get in. <laughs> Lord. Okay. So, anyway, Hephzibah and Beulah. The land will be called Beulah, which yeah. means it's married. The land is married to God. For the Lord will take delight in you and your land will be married. As a young man marries a young woman... So will your builder marry you as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. So will your God rejoice over you. So let me get this straight in the Bible. uh, God talks about how he's going to marry everybody, all the Israelites, everybody that's his chosen people, right? Mm -hmm. That's like righteous and good and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Primarily he's, he's concerned about the men because the women are property. So he just talked about how he's going to gay marry all of the Israelite men, but also kill anybody that gay wants to wants to do gay stuff. This is such a fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> but they're married by their hearts. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm fairly it's, certain that LGBTQ people would feel the same way. That's not, that's not what I meant. <laughs> what, I, what I meant was, it's not like. It's not like God is gay fucking the Israelite people. Are you sure? He I'm, talks about putting his delight in them <laughs> after marrying them. Well, I mean, I can't argue with that. <laughs> I can't, I can't. <laughs> I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest and give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his mighty arm. Never again will I give your grain as food for your enemies and never again will foreigners drink the new wine for which you have toiled. But those who harvest it will eat it and praise the Lord and those who gather the grapes will drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. 
Y'all gather some grapes so we can get drunk, y'all. Come on, I'm tired of being sober. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel every day. Um, pa- <laughs> I mean, it's 2020. Who has fire really? tornadoes for September? I don't know. Whoever Because that's it, happening. You, people need to be better about warning us about shit. Next is going to be mutant wasps that... Well, we already had the wasp thing. That happened in, like, May. No, that, those were those were killer wasps. I'm talking about mutant wasps. I'm talking about, like, pokemon size like, beedrills or some shit. I feel like that would be redundant. Would it be too redundant? Yeah. I, I feel like we've got to have something just totally out there every month that it's like, the fuck you say? <laughs> well, we are coming up on the winter months, so probably snow tornado, or is that too... I don't know. It's kind of redundant from fire tornado, but there might be. Oh, there was a crazy ass fucking blizzard in. Uh, well, I guess it technically wasn't a blizzard, but two feet of snow dumped on fucking Denver. Yeah. It was 93 degrees one day and two feet of snow fell the next day. Yeah. And then it was 80 again just a couple days later. Like, unbelievable. I don't know. If, if anybody was ever to make a case that Armageddon is upon us, 2020 <laughs> is the year where we're like, we can't exactly argue against you on this. <laughs> I mean, not really. Fire tornadoes. Unreal. Sorry. Side sidetracked. Israel, if Israelites in, in the Bible had seen that, they would have praised God at that point. Probably. I mean, do you remember when Moses and, and all of the people were escaping in Exodus and they had the fire, the, the fire stack? I mean, that's pretty much what we're talking about here. It was just this one was spinning. I don't know if that one was. Yeah. All right. Pass through, pass through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, raise a banner for the nations. Wait a second. They had highways? Yeah, they're going to build a highway, which would have been really convenient between Egypt and the Holy Land. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, then they would have just been stuck at the rest stop for 40 years. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Because, you know, and if people have been listening to our Bible study or have you know, uh, read the Bible, they would know a common thing that people like a common misconception is that, um, the idea that, Oh, what the hell took the Israelites so long to get from Egypt to the Holy land? How were they lost? It would take seven days to walk or something like that. It's like seven, seven and a half days or something like that to walk from like to walk from one place to another. And so like people think that they were lost and wandering. They weren't lost. They were wandering because God made them that way because they didn't, they disobeyed. Yeah, pretty much. They were being punished. They they were, they fucked up and uh, nobody that escaped uh, Egypt in that great exodus would actually be allowed into like the Holy Land. Yeah, they had to wait for the next generation. All because they were dipshits. (laughs) So they weren't lost. They knew where they were. They bitched a lot. (laughs) They ate a that, lot of that sticky do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, the the main thing that made God be like, you know what? Fuck you guys. It's just all of the bitching the entire way. <laughs> they you did, know? They complained a lot. <laughs> so, okay. Are you, are you ready? I'm ready. The Lord has made proclamation to the ends of the earth. Say to daughter Zion, see your savior comes. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. They will be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you will be called sought after, the city no longer deserted. Who is coming from Edom, from Basra, with his garments stained crimson? 
Who is this robed in splendor, striding forward in the greatness of his strength? It is I proclaiming victory, mighty to save. Why are your garments red like those of one treading the winepress? I have trodden the winepress alone. From the nations, no one was with me. I trampled them in my anger and trod them down with my wrath. Their blood spattered my garments, and I stained all my clothing. It was for me the day of vengeance. The year for me to redeem has come. I looked, but there was no one to help. I was appalled that no one gave support. So my own arm achieved salvation for me, and my own wrath sustained me. I trampled the nations in my anger. In my wrath, I made them drunk and poured their blood on the ground. Jesus Christ, God, <laughs> just calm the fuck down, okay? It's like God getting drunk, spilling wine on his pants, and being like, hey, the fuck are you guys doing? I have to clean it up myself? Okay, I guess I will, but y'all gonna be fucked if I do. <laughs> he did, he killed everybody. And then he killed everybody and, like, made sure they bled out on the ground. Yep, that's his vengeance against the wicked. But he will be kind to the righteous, all right? I will tell of the kindness of the Lord. This is Isaiah talking the deeds for which he is to be praised according to all the Lord has done for us. Yes. The many good things he has done for Israel, according to his compassion and many kindnesses. He said, surely they are my people, children who will be true to me. And so he became their savior. And in all of their distress, he too was distressed, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them as the, all the days of old. Yet they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned and became their enemy, and he himself fought against them. So Isaiah is telling them, like, he was distressed because they were, but his love and mercy redeemed them. But then they bitched and moaned. So he turned away from them and fought against them. Yeah, I know. So don't fuck with God or else he'll change his mind in a hot minute. <laughs> then his people recalled the days of old, the days of Moses and his people. Where is he who brought them up through the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he who set his Holy Spirit among them, who sent his glorious arm of power to be at Moses's right hand, who divided the waters before them to gain for himself everlasting renown? who led them through the depths like a horse in open country. They did not stumble. Like cattle that go down to the plain, they were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. This is how you guide your people to make for yourself a glorious name. Look down from... So th now this, this next section here is Isaiah praying to God. Okay. Look down from heaven and see for, from your lofty throne, holy and glorious. Where are your zeal and your might? Your tenderness and compassion are withheld from us, but you are our father, though Abraham does not know us or Israel acknowledge us. You, Lord, are our father. Our redeemer from old, from of old is your name. Why, Lord, do you make us wander from your ways and harden our hearts so that we do not revere you? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes that are your inheritance. For a little while, your people possessed your holy place, but now our enemies have trampled down your sanctuary. We are yours from of old, but you have not ruled over them. They have not been called by your name. So it's interesting here because Isaiah is talking to God and essentially questioning him about basically where the hell have you been? And like, <laughs> not only where have you been, but 
you have hardened their hearts. You've caused them to be this way. You have left them. And I want to know why, essentially, is what he's going at. Yeah, I feel like God would just be standing by being like, man, don't don't make me dress you down in front of everybody. I've already <laughs> sent you to be my prophet. Don't make me bitch slap you mm-hmm. like, a, like a little son bitch, okay? <laughs> like, I, I, because God doesn't like to be questioned. Uh, no, so, I mean, I, I guess maybe, uh, m- maybe Isaiah's up on high horse or something like that. Like, he could fucking dress down God. I don't know. I guess we're going to see. You ready? Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, and the mountains would tremble before you, as when the fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we were continue, when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? You know, I, I'm very tempted to make a connection to the new Testament here, because this is very clearly Isaiah challenging God to come to earth. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what he does in the gospels. He's God that comes to earth. And so, uh, I don't know, it It kind of seems like if you're a rabbi and you're looking to the Old Testament, specifically Isaiah, because we were, we know that they were using Isaiah sure. uh, to generate portions of, of the Gospels mm-hmm. and, and to know things about Jesus, kind of seems like they'd be like, oh, shit. Yes, this last guy is supposed to be God on earth because, look, Isaiah is directly calling his ass out. Mm-hmm. We all know God doesn't take shit talking lightly. <laughs> it's like, motherfucker, you know I'm going to come to earth, you son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Watch me come down. And then he slings his big dick down and he gets down here and he takes over Jesus' body, which is the original interpretation of Mark, uh, in case you don't know. Um, the Messiah <laughs> figure inhabits Jesus' body like a butt plug. I thought the butt plug was supposed to prevent that. Uh, well, no, this would, I mean, that's, that's where, that's where the Jesus, um, spirit entered the, uh, man figure. Oh, and then the butt plug is supposed to prevent demons. I guess. From entering. Yeah. Okay. All of us have become like one who is unclean and our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. O look on us, we pray, for we are your people. Your sacred cities have become a wasteland. Even Zion is a wasteland, Jerusalem a desolation." Our holy and glorious temple, where our ancestors praised you, has been burned with fire, and all that we treasured lies in ruins. After all this, Lord, will you hold yourself back? Will you keep silent and punish us beyond measure? And we're going to end on a cliffhanger. Oh, shit. (laughs) Fucking Bible and its cliffhangers. Yeah. So next time we're going to start in Isaiah 65, and God is going to explain his judgment. Um, he's also, Isaiah is going to talk about what God says about the salvation of the remnant, which we've talked a lot about. Um, 
there's they're also going to remind us, which we've been reminded before, we already know, but there's no mercy for the unrepentant, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't repent, fuck, y'all, fuck off, right? But there will be many blessings for the servants. Um, we're also going to talk about new heavens and a new earth. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about God's majesty and power and how his enemies will fall um, and how believers will be rewarded and the wicked will be destroyed. Uh, we also, and this is interesting, in Isaiah 66, we talk about how the survivors will be evangelists. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And we're also going to get into eternal life and death. Well, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, so next week, I think next week we end, uh, we do, next week we end Isaiah. Oh, shit, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Finally getting to the end of that shit. So, 66 mm-hmm. chapters of Isaiah. That's a lot of fucking chapters, yeah. for sure. Yeah, we had a lot of Isaiah. Um, but, you know, we're going to go through that, and then we're going to get into, we're going to start... Um, we're going to, we're going to finish up Isaiah and then we're going to get, uh, into the spiritual renewal under Manasseh. Because if you remember, Manasseh is a king in, uh, Judah and he, this, all of this Isaiah prophecy is happening under Manasseh, right? So, because he's really bad, Manasseh is a bad king. And so we're going to talk about, we're going to get back into the story from Kings and Chronicles and um, about how Manasseh is going to reform Judah. In, into into bad Judah? No. Okay, so Manasseh is going to be persuaded by God's dick to become good? Yeah, so Manasseh is going to figure out, obviously, I mean, he's, he's going to listen to Isaiah and all of the stuff that he's saying. And he's going to repent and try to reform Judah. To try to um, either be part of the remnant or try to change their fate. Uh, well, yeah, I'm sure you heard about all the caviar and titty sucking. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sure he was like, oh, shit, I got to get in on that. What do I got to do? Turn this place around? Fuck yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're going to we're going to find out what happens there in Chronicles and, and uh, two Chronicles and I think two Kings. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we're going to do next time. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Well, uh, I guess if you guys want to hear more about Manasseh turning his shit around and pleasing God's dong, then I guess you'll have to tune in next week. <laughs> but until then, don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.